the desire to get away from it all can be strong. I myself have dreamed of faking my death and living on a sunny tropical island alone eating coconuts and shrimp. Albert Johnson went in the opposite direction, opting for a colder climate, and instead of faking his death, Albert made a few other people actually very dead. Y'all listening to Old Timey Crimey, crimes from the golden age of yesteryear. Now, here's your hosts, Christy and Scott. It's old timey crimey. I'm Christy. I'm Scott Sniffles. Sniffles. Oh. Scott the Sniffles. Oh, Scott. <laughs> Scott's not feeling good. <laughs> Poor Scott. <laughs> You're very Rudolphy though, with your red nose as we inch towards Christmas. Oh no, is it red? <laughs> it's not bloody. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Thank no, it's just a little pink around the edges. Of course. Of course. I can't tell. It's all part of being colorblind. I can't tell. Oh, yeah, never... I, why do I always forget that you're colorblind? It drives I don't, me crazy. Because I, really, I don't really talk about it too much. <laughs> you know, it's not like I go around going like, you know, oh, no, the crayons. <laughs> <laughs> and it's I, it's not what people think it is. You know, everybody thinks I see like a black and white TV. No, no, no. Couldn't be further from the truth. It's just my shadings off. Uh, reds, browns, uh, dark greens all look the same to me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, I have something called deuteranopia. So just look at pictures of like comparing like normal vision to deuteranopia. And that's what I have. So it's not anything that ever affects my life in any real way, except I can't tell whenever I'm blushing or my nose is red. (laughs) (laughs) How's your week been? It's been a week. It's 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 finals week, so I collected uh, papers today, and uh, I'm right in the middle of grading them. Uh, so it's it's I'm probably I should finish tomorrow. I'm absolutely going to finish tomorrow. Uh, it's just going to be a long grading marathon. It's a little little tiring, but it's been really interesting seeing what my students have come up with with this uh, you know almost semester long project that they've had. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's the the mad rush at the end of the the semester, and then after that, I get to relax nice. and also like attend to other things, you know. So more podcast business, and I'm working on a couple cross stitches and stuff like that. Nice. So myself this week, this week I have just been like 3D printing, and 3D printing, and 3D printing. <laughs> I love it. It's such a neat little toy. I made little tiny baby Yodas, yeah. but they're wearing a Boba Fett helmet and they're carrying a blaster. So adorable. I saw on Facebook. I know. <laughs> it's so cute. And I have a thing. Baby Yoda. So many people are saying, but he's cloned from the real Yoda. No, he's not. We don't know where baby Yoda come f- came from in the Mandalorian. People are going like, he's a clone of Yoda. Cloned from what? <laughs> Yoda evaporated whenever he died. There's nothing to clone from. He just, he went, he went, and just fucking went into a fine mist, leaving nothing behind but the fresh scent of pine. <laughs> and there's nothing to clone him from. So he's got to be something new. I love the idea that Yoda smelled of pine. I think so. I think that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, speaking of pine trees... Ooh! I have no idea how that's a transition because I have no idea what's coming. Albert Johnson, the Mad Trapper of Rat River. This all takes place in the Northwest Territories. Okay. So, I mean, we're talking snow and trees, some of which I assume are pine. I would think so, yes. Yes, yeah. So, Albert Johnson arrives in Fort McPherson after coming down the Peel River July 9th, 1931. Now, Fort McPherson, known to the indigenous Gwich'in people 
as Tweetlitzem. Ooh, yes, that's right. It's located in the Inuvik region of the Northwest Territories. As soon as he arrives, the Royal uh, Canadian Mounted Police Constable Edgar Millen uh, kind of questions him. And Albert gives surprisingly little info. Okay. He really just grunts. Like, oh, uh, okay. Uh-huh, that's yeah. that's basically no info. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Millen detects kind of a Scandinavian accent. Not really anything. Like, he's just giving limited questions. Albert Johnson has a clean-shaven face. He's got plenty of money. And he goes through the waterways on home, a home-built raft to the McKinsey River Delta. And then he gets in there, and he builds an 8x10 cabin on the banks of the Rat River. And that's where it should have ended. Okay. That's yeah. where it should have ended. They should have, like, found him... Like, he fell asleep in a chair beside his fireplace, dead, one night. That's where it should have ended. But no. Hmm. Otherwise, this would be like, oh, just old-timey. Yeah. There would be no crimey involved. Albert Johnson has no trapping license, which is kind of odd for someone who's living in the bush. In December, a native trapper complains that someone is tripping his traps and hanging them in the trees. And then he goes... I saw Albert Johnson do it. So on December 26th of the same year, Constable Alfred King and Special Constable Joe Bernard trekked 60 miles to Albert Johnson's cabin to ask him about these allegations. About just tripping traps? You got to understand, it's 1938. The indigenous people, this is their survival. Whenever okay. you're tripping a trap you're and hanging it in a tree, you are essentially taking a very, very precious life-giving resource away from one family. You are, yeah, it's, you have one job at this point in Alaska, and that's to make it to the next day. So this isn't like in my hometown when two politicians went at it because one of them was tapping trees for maple syrup up on the state hospital grounds, and the other one kept on coming up and removing everything, and they, it was, it was, I think we called it Syrup Gate or Maple Gate or something like that. I like Maple Gate. <laughs> I think it was Maple Gate, probably. Yeah, so this wasn't like that. This was, this, this was serious, you know, like these people's lives depended on. Exactly. It wasn't, this, it wasn't some petty shit. <laughs> exactly. This is the difference between eating and starvation. So it's not like, your politicians could have gone to the store and gotten some maple syrup, get some nice log cabin. We have a wonderful story about log cabins. <laughs> apples to apples. Oh God, apples to <laughs> the apples to apples story. This is this this is my seminal Scott Let, story. Let's take a little break here. I think this is whenever you gained a new respect for me. I really did. The apples to apples log cabin story. So we're all playing apples to apples, a big group of friends over at, over at Amber's house, and. I get uh, a card. I can't even remember what it was. Everything. It was ev- oh, it was everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was either the universe or everything. Okay. All right. And then everybody lays down their cards. And one of the cards that they laid in response, and you know, with apples to apples, you're supposed to lay something that's associated or, you know, somehow involves that. Um, and somebody lays down log cabin. And another person lays down everything. The okay. card was the universe. Well, no, you you had everything. Somebody laid down the universe. Which was kind of the obvious choice. Absolutely. Yeah. And somebody laid down Log Cabin. Yes. And Scott argued for, I'm not even kidding you, 
10 minutes, if not longer, why Log Cabin should be the clear and obvious winner. And it was a very cogent and well-constructed argument. You know what, Log Cabin? The universe is cold, it's empty, it's cruel. A Log Cabin, warm and peaceful and life-giving. And does the universe have a maple syrup named after it? No, but Log Cabin does. The 10 minutes of this. 10 minutes. And so finally... Uh, I don't know if it was out of being truly convinced or just really just wanting to move on, but I was like, okay, fine, Scott, you win, Log Cabin. And you said? That's not my card. <laughs> I had actually thrown in the universe card. I was arguing against my own card in principle. <laughs> I was just absolutely gobsmacked. I was like, that's not even your card. <laughs> Why were you arguing for it? Because <laughs> it meant something to me. <laughs> So that is the log cabin story. I'm glad mm -hmm. we finally got to tell that uh, me 40 too. episodes in. Me too. <laughs> me too. Oh my God. So they go and they ask him, what the hell are you doing with these traps? Is it you? Albert Johnson doesn't say a word. That seems to be his, his deal. Oh no. It goes beyond that. He acts like they're the fucking ghosts in a TV sitcom. Holy shit. Just goes around his 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 house and like like walks around them and pretends they're not there wow right it's like dude's got balls yeah yeah <laughs> remember these people have walked 60 miles <laughs> oh not just 60 miles which if you think about it, it's about three marathons oh my god and they have to go back so they've walked 60 miles to go the fuck with the traps aj <laughs> and aj is like you hear that? <laughs> you hear that? And this kind of makes me wonder, is he schizo? Is he schizophrenic and he's used to ignoring uh, voices and images? Ah, or is he just really, really arrogant? So arrogant that the fact that yeah. there are two people there questioning him about something means nothing to him because nobody else means anything to him. Right. The mathematician John Nash, uh, for, for the longest time, um, he, you know, he had a college roommate um, he was part of a government agency that was assigned to code breaking. Oh. And it was all in his fucking head. Oh my gosh. It, he had no roommate in college. The roommate in college that he had was all part of his schizophrenia. This government agency and this agent that he would talk to to break codes was all in his head. The building that he went to to break the codes and the mail drop-off box where he'd put the mathematical formulas in was an empty and abandoned building. That terrifies yeah. me because it's like your reality could just be dust. Yeah. It could just be completely non-existent. That is that is like a, a core shaking thing. It just it oh Yeah. So I'm like and there is the the movie A Beautiful Mind mm -hmm. was based off John Nash. Okay. I knew I I yeah. heard of that name somewhere. And there's a scene where a person comes up to John Nash and the first thing he does is he goes to somebody that knows he's real and goes, do you see that man over there? And the person will go, yeah. And he goes, okay. And as he's walking along, the guy's talking to him and he goes, do you see them? He goes, they're following right behind me right now. And it's like his old college roommate and the government agent. And finally, and like it was a little girl too. And the thing was that got him was the little girl never aged. Oh. That's kind of what made him go. But nonetheless, I kind of thought maybe maybe Albert Johnson is schizo. 
Maybe he's so used to hearing these voices. It would be one of the things that would drive somebody to live alone, especially in the 30s. Um, but anyway, King looks, special constable Alfred King looks into the cabin window and Albert Johnson just places a sack over it. Wow. Yeah. King and Bernard return to Aklavik. They get a search warrant. They return five days later. So they went 60 miles there mm -hmm. without a search warrant, 60 miles back, got the search warrant, 60 miles there again. Yes. And then they're going to have to go 60 miles back home. So at the end of this, if they only make these two trips, don't spoil anything, they will have gone 240 miles. For Holy traps. Holy shit. Remember, I, mean, I, I, get, I get the importance. Yeah. yeah but yeah. That's, that's a lot of walking. That is. They are going to have crazy calves. <laughs> Sturdy. Sturdy. Like there's an orange in there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hard, rock hard, rock hard, sexy calves. <laughs> so King and Bernard return to Aklavik. They get a search warrant. Five days later, they come back with two other men. Albert Johnson refuses to talk. Oh my gosh. Done. This guy. King tries to force the door. Mm -hmm. And Albert Johnson shoots him <gasps> through the door. There's a brief firefight. The men get King back to Aklavik. He recovers. Okay. He recovers. But just like right through the door. Imagine imagine you're like trying to get in through the door and all of a sudden there's a hole in the door and several more holes in you. Wow. You know. A posse is formed. Nine men. 42 dogs. 20 pounds of dynamite. Oh my, right? my, my. Yes, they are not taking chances. They are serious. Right, remember, this guy has shot a police officer. Mm -hmm. You know, constable, a Royal Canadian Mounted Police Constable, that's a police officer. Mm -hmm. That's a state trooper, yeah. essentially. They surround the cabin, and then they go to lay the dynamite around the cabin, and it's hard as a rock. Dynamite is supposed to be a little... They have to thaw the dynamite. Oh my God. They have to like stick the dynamite in their jackets, like underneath their arms, to <laughs> thaw it. That's gonna be the weirdest moment. You're like, well, you know, I was out uh, trying to trying to smoke a guy out, and uh, so the the dynamite was frozen, so I had to stick it under my my armpits, and <laughs> just standing there with dynamite on your armpits. <laughs> they throw a charge into the cabin. And the remember, this is only an eight by ten cabin. Yeah, there are prison cells that are smaller <laughs> and larger than this cabin. Right, one person living in it. The explosion collapses the building. It oh just my God. Boom, men rush in, and Albert Johnson pops up from a dugout oh. underneath, like a fucking trapdoor spider, from beneath the ruins, and starts just blasting away. Oh my God! No one's hit. In this standoff, 15 hours <gasps> at negative 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, that is unpleasant. Right? Oh. This standoff ends at 4 a.m. with Albert Johnson essentially winning. He wins the standoff. The, the How many men did they have again? Remind me. The nine men, oh 42 God. dogs. And I'm assuming the dogs are there to pull sleds. It's dog yeah, probably. sled. Yeah. Right? It ends at 4 a.m. The posse retreats to Aklavik. They retreat. They retreat 60 miles for further assistance. And then blizzards. Blizzards, blizzards, blizzards. I would have used 44 dogs. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
they 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 can't go back because of the blizzards right there's just tons and tons of blizzards and not like pennsylvania blizzards alaska blizzards yeah yeah right so january 14th the posse finally returns and albert johnson is gone of course they go after him they catch up on january 30th they have chased this man for 16 days and finally catch up with him they surround him in a thicket a firefight ensues albert johnson shoots constable edgar millen through the heart killing him this is this is a tributary of rat river that this happened at millen creek is named after him so they actually named Aww. the river after him you know what? Just a quick pause. Yes. Um, something I heard this week on uh, the uh, A Break in the Case podcast, which is a podcast from the NYPD. And uh, they're actually talking about, you know, like cases they've done. And it's really, really fascinating. Did you na- know that they name police dogs after fallen police officers? I did not. Yeah. That, that like, is sweet. Just, yeah. My heart just kind of like, oh. So the posse ends up retreating, but it grows. It enlists local by God, the, the names of these tribes in Uvaluit oh, wow. and Gwich'in tribes who had more mobility in the back country. So they enlist oh, these yeah. men. Albert Johnson tries to leave for the Yukon and the Royal Canadian Mounted Police blocks the only two passes through the Richardson Mountains. Very smart. Right? Not good enough. Albert Johnson goes fucking over the mountain. <sighs> Climbs 7,000 feet. Whoa! And disappears. <gasps> they cannot find him. This guy is really something. Mm-hmm. He's like inhuman. Exactly. Now, we're going to talk about a guy named Wilfred Wap May. Okay. You want to talk inhuman. This guy, this is like, you know, we're dealing with something that is just inhuman, stoppable. Honest to God, this is the immovable object meets the unstoppable force. Ooh. Albert Johnson versus Wilfred Watt May. Um, he is a pilot. They hire him to look for Johnson from the air. Wilfred Reed Watt May, born March 20th, 1896, died March uh, June 21st, 1952. He is a Canadian flying ace from World War I. Ooh. He is the final ace to be pursued by the Red Baron. Whoa! Yeah! Oh, that's so cool! So, his he gets the nickname Wop. His two-year-old cousin couldn't say Wilfred, so they called him Woppy. That's how so. uh, I became uh, Kiffy. Aww. Is, uh, one of my siblings couldn't say uh, Christy, so Kiffy became... Uh, and then another sibling, for some reason, my, my family apparently decided to just switch versions of my name, Christy to Kristen. Another one of my siblings couldn't say Kristen, so my other family nickname is Nin Nin, or Nin, or Nin Pin. <laughs> and still to this day, my dad calls me Nin. My younger brother couldn't say Scott, so he just called me that fucker. <laughs> so <laughs> That's how I got that nickname. On April 21st, 1918, May attacks a German plane not realizing that it's piloted by Wolfram van Richthofen, <laughs> the cousin of the Red Baron, Manfred van Richthofen. The Baron was fucking there. Oh, boy. So imagine, like, your cousin, that's my cousin you're picking on. <laughs> he sees his cousin attacked, and he gives chase across the psalm. Like, this is just 
and May keeps dodging and spinning, and the Red Baron is just firing continuously, nonstop. May later said the only thing that saved him was the fact that he was a new new pilot at the time, and he was such a poor flyer that he didn't know what he was doing. So that meant that the Baron couldn't predict where he was going to be, so the Baron didn't know where to shoot. That is literally the oh, only thing that saved him. It's really amazing when I mean, we think of like expertise as being something that can save you against somebody who's obviously like really, really good at their job. Mm -hmm. It's really amazing when, I don't want to say incompetence, but you know, if, if you're new at something, you're going to be a little incompetent. Right. And it's a, a sort of a mean way of saying it. You're going to be green, I guess. It's the Street Fighter effect. The, the person who's never played Street Fighter before and just mashes all six buttons yeah. with their hands has a better chance of being the guy going like, okay, I'm going to hide who can now. <laughs> uh, corner hit away, high punch. God damn it, I'm dead. So during this whole thing, the Baron is hit with a 303 bullet during the chase. He lands the plane and dies. Wow. Unno it's unknown who fired the fatal shot. Roy Brown is given credit. Uh, there's a lot of dispute who actually killed the Red Baron. But upon landing the Red Baron's plane, he dies. And the plane is almost immediately scrapped by by treasure hunters. They're just taking mementos, yeah, I right? I bet. In December of 1928, there was what was called in the papers, WAP's Race Against Death. So Bert Logan of the Hudson Bay Company was posted to Little Red River, Alberta, and he suddenly becomes ill. Now his wife, who's also a nurse, diagnoses him with diphtheria, which is not just a fun disease to say. It but... is really fun to say. Dip, dip, diphtheria. diphtheria. Dip, diphtheria. It's, you've got an infection, sore throat, swelling. The airways are kind of blocked. I'm starting to wonder if I may have diphtheria <laughs> now. So he needed the inoculations. They need to get inoculations to uh, Little Red River in Alberta to keep the spread of diphtheria from happening. Yeah. But even getting a message out was tough. There are no roads to the north. The nearest telegraph is miles away over a frozen landscape. Finally, a message reaches Edmonton, January 1st, 1929. Wap May is asked to deliver the medicines. He leaves in his Avro avian plane with Vic Horner the next day at noon. He lands at Kimiwan Lake, McLennan at 4 p.m., refuels at Peace River, arrives at Fort Vermilion at 3 p.m. The drugs are quickly distributed, stopped at Peace River due to engine damage from poor fuel, returns home to a media circus. Oh, wow. Like, he had no idea what was going on. WAP is hailed as a hero. Wow. I want you to remember that. WAP is hailed as a hero. Mm -hmm. This is a man who time and time again has used his skill as a pilot to keep bad things from happening. Or sometimes his lack of skill. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. They hire WAP to hunt for Albert Johnson using a ski-equipped Blanca monoplane. On February 5th. Ski-equipped Blanca monoplane? Belanca. 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 Okay. So it's a ski-equipped mm -hmm. Belanca monoplane. monoplane. Got right. it. Belanca is the type. Monoplane just means it's one wing. So biplane has the two wings. Monoplane gotcha. has one gotcha. wing. And ski-equipped, in order to land on the snow, instead of wheels, it they have skis. skis. You got it. He almost immediately finds Albert Johnson. He spots his tracks on the far side of the Richardson Mountain Range. And on February 14th, 
Wap discovers that Johnson has been walking in caribou tracks to hide his own footprints and make the travel easier as he wouldn't have the need for snowshoes on the compacted snow. Mm -hmm. Pretty damn clever. Albert Johnson leaves only one trail to his camp. He breaks away from the caribou tracks to camp. That's how Wap mm. finds him. On February 17th, the pursuit team rounds a bend in Eagle River and finds Albert Johnson a few hundred yards ahead. Johnson tries to run, but he didn't have snowshoes on, and he couldn't make it, and he's killed. Uh, a bullet enters the left side of his pelvis, passes through vital tissues, his bowels, a few arteries, and there is one uh, Royal Canadian Mounted Police officer wounded. May flies him to help and saves his life. Wow. I Like, what May? Once again, this is one of those people that should be on the lips of every school child. Yeah, absolutely. You know, why has nobody ever heard of Wap May? Maybe they know him more in Canada than we do. One would hope. One would hope. So, here are the statistics. Albert Johnson traveled 85 miles in rough terrain over 33 days. Uh, scientists have figured he probably used about 10,000 calories a day in travel. Wow, that's like swimmer calories. Mm -hmm. Even more, maybe. In 2007, forensic teams uh, studying his body find that Albert Johnson had a curved spine and one foot was longer than the other. Holy shit. Right, so this man was really fighting against everything. I bitched because I had to come here today. I had a cold and my knees hurt. <laughs> so on his person, $2,000 in United States and Canadian money, gold, a compass, razor, knife, fish hooks, nails, a dead squirrel. Well, because, of mm -hmm. course, don't we all carry a dead squirrel? For Mine's food. in my purse, yeah. For food. Yeah. A dead bird. To keep the squirrel company, obviously. <laughs> squirrel needs a body. Exactly. I, I like to think they weren't for food. It was for puppet shows. <laughs> <laughs> tweet, 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 skitter, skitter. Tweet, tweet, skitter, skitter. I'm fucking nuts. <laughs> gold-filled teeth. He just had random gold-filled teeth yes. on his person. Yes. Hmm. Do you think there's any possibility he was, like, grave robbing? I or... think it's a very real possibility. I okay. Mean... I'm just trying to figure out the source of this because it, the possibilities that exist, as I can think of them, are grave robbing, killing people and taking their gold teeth out, uh, knocking people out, I guess, and taking their gold teeth out, um, I, I just went to random a, stealing. I went to a bar and I woke up in a tub full of ice and my gold teeth were missing. Maybe it's just his collection. You know, maybe. everybody collects and you collect transformers. Mm -hmm. I collect teacups. Um, so maybe, maybe it's just, he was collecting gold teeth. Everybody's got to have a, a hobby, you know? Why not? Why not? Collect, I'm, I might switch from, from teacups, which take up a bit of space to, uh, to gold teeth. You know what? It's it's There's a cemetery right over there. It's a valid enough <laughs> it's a valid enough collection as anything else. Yeah, really. I'll take it. Sure, yeah. um, you know, unless he killed people and then took their teeth, and then that's just really weird. Now, he also had Beecham pills. Beecham's is aloe, ginger, and soap, and it does have a positive effect on digestion. It was discontinued in 1998. Aloe, ginger, and soap. You got it. It's really, I think it's, <clears throat> it's the soap where I get kind mm -hmm. of confused. <laughs> and and uh, so I got discontinued when? 1998. <laughs> wow. 
1990. You know what? I think I Beecham's. You said. Oh, it gets even better. I feel like I've heard of this actually. We are going to go to Google here in a second. I want you to put in William Topaz McGonagall, Beecham's pills. Okay. He wrote so, a poem about Beecham's pills. It's this is a, there's an actual sign that we can put up on our social media, as you can see here, and uh, here you go. There, you can kind of see that. Um, so uh, price one. Worth a guinea a box, one twenty-five cents. I think it says Beecham's pills. Dislodge bile, stir up the liver, cure sick headache. Female, is this the is this the poem? This is not the poem. Okay. That's just the ad. That's just the ad. It was there was a go back. Yeah. Um, Noted poet I, I William think... Topaz McGonagall. Okay, I think I've got it. Is it this? That is it. Okay. What ho! What ho, sickly people of high and low degree! I pray ye all be warned by me. No matter what may be your bodily ills, the safest and quickest cure is Beecham's pills. They are admitted to be worth a guinea a box for bilious and nervous disorders, also smallpox, and dizziness and, dizziness and drowsiness, also cold chills. And for such diseases, nothing else can equal Beecham's pills. They have been proved by thousands that have tried them, so that the people cannot them condemn. Be advised by me. Me, one and all is the advice of poet McGonagall. That is, that is that is some real bad rhythm there. It really is. <laughs> it does it not re- scan well. It really is. <laughs> I'm gonna go home and write a poem about X videos, <laughs> and it's gonna start with "What ho!" <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that needs high five. There we go. There we go. <clears throat> the only words ever heard spoken by Albert Johnson during this entire thing was the insane cackle. That he let out after shooting Edgar Millen. Oh boy. That's it. Do we want to like each give our example of what we think this cackle would be? I I imagine it like being very burly and mountain man-esque. You, you, you can probably do better than me. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm imagining. Somebody somewhere just took their headphones and went, whoa. <laughs> All right. So, uh. <laughs> I like yours better. I like yours so much better. I had to find something that wasn't quite like yours. I had to kind of like really give a contrast. So thank you. Yeah. And his this guy, he didn't look the mountain man part. He was clean shaven. He actually kind of looked like Mr. Mixelplicked from the from the adventures of uh of Clark and Lois or whatever. Lois and Clark, okay. the old Dean Kane Superman. I remember that one. Terry Hatcher, too, was on that. Yeah. Are there any pictures of him? I doubt it. Oh, yes. Oh, there are. Okay. Oh, yeah, of his body. Oh, of his body. Yes. Then I have to debate whether or not I can put it on social media because I don't want people scrolling through their feed and there's, oh, there's a dead person. It's pretty tame as far as death photos go. Okay. It's, right. it's pretty tame. Albert Johnson was never truly identified. What? We still don't know... Who he really was. Oh, okay. So he never did he ever give his name when they were first questioning him, or did they just attach that name to him? They, it's kind of, remember, he had a Scandinavian accent, mm-hmm. and it becomes the thing of like, well, what's your name? Oh, you know, okay, all right, yeah. all right. So, so it could have been like Albert Johansson. Exactly. Or, you know, any any number of things. Right. So it, it's, Albert Johnson was kind of like that guy that if we you grew up in a small town, you didn't really know what his real name was. Uh, we had we had a guy in town named Hempy. He kind of lived in the woods. Mm-hmm. Nobody really knew what Hempy's real name was. I think the closest thing Johnstown had was Unicorn Man. Unicorn Man, yeah. Yeah, so that's the kind of person we're talking about. In my hometown, we had Bible Betty. She stood on the, the street corners and, uh, and preached uh, quite loudly. 
And she she one time uh, actually scolded me. I was I was having a, a bad day at work, and I, like my work was in the basement of a little mini mall type thing. Mm-hmm. And I came up, and I was I was sitting there, and my my boss was trying to console me, and I was swearing. And she scolded me, and he was just like, you know, the, the Lord doesn't like that kind of language, and, you know, you're going to hell, Missy, which was exactly what I needed to hear. That's Absolutely. what a crying 17-year-old girl needs to hear. You're going to hell. And my boss just let it rip. He just, he let her have it. I was just sitting there, like, in awe. I was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so we do have some suspects. Okay. Uh, possibly Arthur Nelson. Uh, detailed by author Richard North, Arthur Nelson had traveled from Deese Lake, British Columbia, to the Yukon. He had similar guns, but he had used a different alias. Now, here's the thing. Remember, I said that they did examine his body. Arthur Nelson has been excluded by DNA. So okay. his family members' DNA is not matching up. Now, that doesn't mean it wasn't him just because his family members don't kind of match up. There's always the chance that Arthur Nelson could have been adopted. Oh, yes. You know, so doesn't doesn't really say it's not really him, but chances are no. Mm-hmm. Uh, we think it, there is a possibility that it could be Owen Albert Johnston from Pictaw, Nova Scotia. The last letter to the family was from Revelstroke, British Columbia in 1931. The DNA evidence on him is upcoming. Oh. So, yeah, <gasps> we... That's so exciting. There could actually be an update exactly on a case that we've done that would be if that happens that'll be a first like yeah. the only other thing i could think of that there could be an update on is boy in the box had some dna work going on for it and that's one like this i don't really care if this gets solved. yeah yeah boy in the box would definitely oh, that would be huge. that would be so it would amazing be, it would, it's, it's it's seriously one in a billion that they'll ever figure that out because there's so little to go on but if they ever if, there's more and more advances all the time so right. and more and more things being figured out and people being connected to crimes so yeah, but that's that. That would be uh, that would be crazy to have an actual update. I would be so excited. Yeah, that would that would be. Um, it's a chance that it's also Sigvald Peterson Huskyold. I like the the voice that you affected there. I have to. <laughs> you can Sigvald Peterson Huskyold. It doesn't work any other way. Of Norway, uh, Sigvald was highly self sufficient. And was kind of, remember I said there was the whole kind of thing where he acted kind of schizo, like he was ignoring voices. Sigvald was obsessed with the idea that the authorities were after him for evading conscription during World War I. Uh, He built a cabin fortress in Digby Island, British Columbia, before disappearing. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's a guy. A cabin fortress on an island. I want that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I really too. want that. Unfortunately, Sigvald also has been excluded by DNA. Okay. Once again, doesn't 100% mean it, but strong, strong chance. Uh, in 2009, the Discovery Channel ran DNA on teeth of Albert Johnson that excluded almost every suspect that they threw out there. Wow. All right? Um, they analyzed isotopes uh, from... From Albert Johnson. I know this is a favorite of yours. Yes, I love the isotopes. Oh, I get so excited. Mm-hmm. I heard it on another podcast this week, and I sat there, and I was like, yeah, isotope analysis. Yes, <laughs> isotopes for the win. It's just so cool that they can figure out so much about your history. Yeah. Where you've been from just, you know, like a strand of hair, your teeth, and it's just so impressive. And Isn't if it? If you're at all interested in this and you haven't yet, listen to the Bear Brook podcast. Yes, 
I cannot stress that enough. Bear Brook podcast is fantastic. I would say that's in my like top five Absolutely. investigative podcasts and list of investigative true crime podcasts I have listened to grows by the freaking day. I've Ooh. got a list in Google Keep, a checklist, and I'm like just checking them off. <laughs> R- remind me, I got one for you that's awesome. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so the Discovery Channel analyzed these isotopes found out that Albert Johnson grew up in either the Corn Belt of the United States of America or Scandinavia. Okay. So, yeah. Which, very, you know, the Corn Belt uh, tended to draw some some Scandinavian uh, Mm -hmm. immigrants a lot, you know, that that general area. Oh, yeah. Very similar in uh, topography, geography, weather, etc. So, yeah. It's, I'll tell you what, I, I lived in Minneapolis for a while, and the Scandinavia is strong mm-hmm. out there. Oh, it's yeah. like a Hitler wonderland out there because <laughs> just everybody's blonde and blue-eyed and tall. And it's like, oh, look at me. I'm in Aryan Acres. <laughs> Aryan Acres. <laughs> Welcome to Nazi-cusets. <laughs> Nazi-opolis. <laughs> Nazi-op- I like Nazi-opolis better than Nazi-cusets. Um, in 1981, Charles Bronson stars as Albert Johnson... In the movie Death Hunt. Of course. He had to. Mm-hmm. Who else would? Portrays Albert Johnson as a fucking hero. Mm. And Wap May as a madman who fires his guns on his own men from the plane. That's kind of How infuriating. How fucked up is that? That's kind of infuriating. Also sounds very Charles Bronson, I would say. Um, but that's that's messed up. I hate it. Oh, I hate it when... True stories get turned around then, and the the person, the hero, mm-hmm. gets villainized, and the, the we have a clear hero and a villain here. But probably what you know was going on in Bronson or whatever screenwriter or director's mind was, oh look at all the the, the feats of strength this guy can accomplish. He's a manly man, mm-hmm. and that he thereby becomes the hero, and that's infuriating because it's, you know he, no, I don't, I don't, I don't like, like it. The, I'm not, I'm not here for it. <clears throat> I I watched Death Hunt. I illegally downloaded Death Hunt to watch it. It's ridiculous. You don't want that money going in Charles Bronson's pocket? I don't. Is I he don't, still alive? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, maybe. You Let's find out. And is I will Charles provide Bronson... an update on Charles Bronson. Because I think Charles life. Bronson is from around here. He is. Um, Ehrenfeld. He's from around Ehrenfeld. And I've heard he's an asshole. I have heard that too. And he actually very much disowns this general mm-hmm. area. Um, so... And I think... Well, oh, he oh. died in 2003. Well, thank God. We're not going to get sued by him now. Yay! Just his estate. Death Wish is the first one that... Lots of death stuff. Absolutely. Death, death Wish 3, and then Death Hunt. All about the death. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose All, we, as, as, as true crime podcast hosts, shouldn't uh, really criticize that aspect. Also from the area around here, Jack Palance. Really? I yes. didn't know that. Yeah, Jack Palance. I almost went into, into the an episode that we already did before. I'm done. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, we're having a little bit shorter episodes during this this time period because of, of you taking over. So, like, I don't have as much to contribute. Right, I'm just sitting right. here throwing the occasional comment or question as much as I can. Well, do you have any podcast recommendations for this week? Oh, goodness. Let's take oh. a look oh. at my list. Um, well, like I said, the Break in the Case podcast is pretty good. It can be a little rough because the first case that they do um, is Baby Hope. Uh, which is a case from from New York City of a of a small child found dead, and I'm not going to go into any more detail. Um, I would also like to recommend uh, we we everybody knows we love Keith Morrison. 
Mm-hmm. Keith Morrison is the person who has found what he was born to do. The stars aligned the day that he was born, and they said, true crime. Not just true crime, but smarmy true crime. Yes, 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 I yes. I think Bill Hader's impersonation of Keith Morrison, he doesn't sound like Keith Morrison. He doesn't look like Keith Morrison. But he has Keith Morrison's attitude down. Yes. It's like, oh, no, that was horrible. (laughs) And the great thing is Keith Morrison has been doing on the Dateline podcast, Mm -hmm. he's been doing Christmas stories like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, my God. um, The... the night before Christmas. Yeah, they're delightful. Just little bite-sized Keith Morrison. You get just a little... It's not. He's not as Keith Morrison-y as he is in, say, The Thing About Pam, where mm-hmm. he ratchets his Keith Morrison-ness up to about 21 on a scale of 1 to 10. Oh, my. There is something wrong with Pam. <laughs> Pam's a bad person. She's not a cooking spray at all. <laughs> oh, you got it. Cooking sprays are helpful. Pam's not helpful. So What's Pam going to do now? <laughs> so those have been delightful. Um, and uh, so uh, Accused, the Accused uh, podcast season um, season three. Has nice. been, it's, it's ongoing right now. It's really interesting. I'll tell you the... Uh, The description of the first episode called Disappearing Dad, a 39-year-old father of three goes to work and disappears. That's strange enough. Adding in where he works makes this this case more than strange. It's the stuff conspiracies are made of. You will like this. I will check that out. You will absolutely love it. Yes, it is. I am like hooked and like waiting. Um, Murder in Oregon is getting really interesting. There's also some conspiracy type, type stuff there. Um, so yeah, those I, I would say are my, my latest like podcast recommendations, the things that I'm really hooked on. Um, I also listened to the first two seasons of Slow Burn, which is Slate's podcast. Um, the first season does the uh, Watergate scandal, and the second season does the uh, Monica Lewinsky scandal, and then the third season is Tupac Shakur, so um, Tupac and B, I guess. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, I haven't listened to that one yet, but I'm going to. So But yeah, I can recommend that. It's really interesting. The stuff that we don't know, or that like I didn't know that I missed somehow in one scandal that I was alive for, and one scandal that I, you know, I've, I've read some about, but there's a lot of stuff that I didn't even realize. Like that first episode of the Nixon one, holy shit, like just listen to it, and you'll be, yeah, you'll be hooked. Nice, I will check that out. Check out Radio Rental. Okay, all right, yeah. Radio Rental, there's only about six episodes to this. It's uh, kind of co-hosted by Rain Wilson, but Rain Wilson is not playing Rain Wilson. He's playing like this kind of creepy overnight radio host who was caught in a scandal and now has a video rental place. I did read about that podcast this week. Isn't it basically like they take the... like. I think they solicited the stories from people from who post on like uh, like Let's Not Meet and you got uh, it. what's the other what's the other one on Reddit? We're talking about subreddits here. There's another one that I can't remember. Um, it's not slash all. No, it's definitely not slash all. And the kitty played with a ball of fur. <laughs> it's adorable. Um, yeah, and and then he they they solicited those stories and then they're. I think they're slightly dramatized, is my understanding. It's it's a thing where, like, this last episode that I listened to, what they'll do is they interview the person, and then they have a voice actor actually take, like, bits of the interview and kind of professionally Okay, do all it. right, okay. But this last episode, they were actually talking to the real people. Ooh. So it's kind of like you get to hear the real interviews, and... It is, it's incredible. There's one story about a guy who gets a text message 
and he thinks it's just like a fun little wrong number. So he kind of texts them back and forth. And pretty soon the person is saying, I'm coming to visit you. And they're sending them photos. And it's like whenever, like this person came across several states <gasps> and he's like, he knew like the guy thought it was just like somebody, somebody texting a wrong number. But this person knew where this guy lived. Oh my god! And they're like sending him, sending him photos, like, "Oh, I'm in Montana now. Oh, I'm in now. I'm in New Mexico, your home state." And they're taking like blurry photos of the New Mexico, New Mexico signs, and sending them to him in oh, your wow. town. And there was another one about this guy's girlfriend comes in, and they have security footage of it. This guy, girl, his girlfriend comes in, goes, "Fuck you." takes a bunch of her stuff and he's like what are you doing and she goes I'm fucking leaving you you don't you know and just gets in the taxi cab leaves somebody immediately grabs him from behind and it's his girlfriend and they have no idea who this woman was wow but she was a dead ringer for his girlfriend and it is just and they even kind of get into the smiley face killer ooh boy a little bit where it's this guy was at a bar and his uh, his buddy was drunk and they meet a woman and the woman is just even though his buddy's like unintelligibly drunk and this woman is trying to get him to come over to her place and it's like almost insistent and this guy thinks that it was the smiley face killers that he was going up against wow really good radio rental okay absolutely. amazing and they're short podcasts but absolutely amazing i will try that out this week because after i finish grading i'll be cross stitching nice maybe i'll see some more here's some more isotope analysis so i can do my isotope analysis dance we need to find <laughs> old crimes with isotope analysis yes Somebody if you can think us. of one if you know one Oh, my heavens. So thank you so much. Next week, we're going to get back to the longer format. Yeah, yeah. And... I'll be, I'm, I am so excited to get back to researching. It's been really, it's like, don't get me wrong. It has been so nice of you doing this. No but problem. I physically miss researching. Like on Wednesdays, I'm like, oh, I'm not researching. And then like not having anything to print out, not having my notes and getting all excited. Like I had a hard time almost getting into like show mode today. Not only because I was like grading papers and stuff, but also just because... I don't have my research. It feels like out of I'm out of sync. I'm out right. of my 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 habits. So so yeah, I'm very excited for next week. And we're gonna be doing a listener suggestion next week. Ooh. So you guys, if you have, you know that we do listener suggestions. If you have any suggestions, please please send them our way to oldtimeycrimey at gmail.com or you can hit us up on Twitter and Facebook and Insta. We're oldtimeycrimey there. You can go to the oldtimey crimey subreddit which is of course you know old timey crimey so you know reddit.com slash r slash old timey crimey um that's all the places we are on the internet and if you're looking for more content we have it you can go to our patreon page patreon.com slash old timey crimey and you can be a gumshoe a flatfoot or say it with me scott a, a private, private dick, dick. this week <laughs> If you're going to join for just a week, this is the week to do it. We have the most adorable counterfeiting case yes, ever. Yes, it's so cute. It's ador I just want to hug the little counterfeiter. Oh, yes. my God. I'm so sorry. But I'm so happy things went nicely for you. And you can also get early release. We also have business cards for a couple different levels. You can get a business card template and print it out, and you can be, you know, one of our private dicks or one of our... 
Gumshoes, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I keep on getting gumshoe and flatfoot mixed up. <laughs> so, yeah. And then over on our social media also, you can find the link tree that has our wish list in it, uh, our Amazon wish list. So you can send us a book uh, on either Kindle or, you know, whatever format is best for you, is, is cheapest for you, honestly. And you can choose for a deep dive for us to do. I really will. I think I need to do a deep dive over break. So I think that that's going to be something that happens uh, over Christmas break. Any idea what the deep dive is? Not yet, but I have several possibilities because I have already have three on my Kindle that I kept on getting Amazon promotional credits, just one after the other. So I was like, all right, I'll take that. <laughs> and so, yeah, I already have three sitting there waiting for me. So I'll pick through those. Oh, I think I know which one it's going to be. I think I already showed you the book. Yeah. So okay. I'm kind of tempted. I've been, I've been kind of tempted to try trying to get into uh Something a little bit less murdery. I've been looking into old hoaxes. Ooh, exciting. And I think maybe I might throw a couple of hoaxes in here in the next upcoming few episodes. That could be fun. Yeah. That could be really fun. Yeah, we do need a break from the murder, especially with the holiday season upcoming. We want it to be a little uh, less murdery and a little more uh, festive. And hoaxes are as close as we can get to festive on old-timey crime. It's, you know, we lie about Santa all the time to our kids. There we go. He was real. <laughs> Number one. If you're under the age of 13, what the fuck are you doing listening to us? Stop it right now. I insist that you go stand in the corner. Terrare. Oh, yes. We're going to get to Terrare. Oh, we yes. promise. Yes, that one will come. That might have to wait until after the New Year's because that is not Christmassy. I dare you to find something Christmassy in Terrare. Actually, that is the third person who suggested Terrare to me. My goodness. Yeah. So I've had three requests for Terrare. Real quick, I do want to throw... Uh, uh, a super special thank you out. A friend of mine, Michelle, uh, she has a little custom shop. If you go to facebook.com, sh- search up Michelle's Customs. She is doing like cups and mugs and all sorts of stuff up there. So I wanted to throw a little, hey. Hey, Michelle. I'm uh, going to check that out. Absolutely. Absolutely. They are adorable. Mm. They are adorable. I think I found the right one. <laughs> Michelle's Customs. You may want to add another word in there just to make it your own. Okay. Yeah. All right. Michelle's awesome customs. Michelle's kick ass customs. Ooh, I like that one. <laughs> Michelle's kick ass customs. Michelle's kick ass customs. And make the ass in the two dollar signs for the S's. Yes. Because money. Money. Oh yes. All right. Well, I think that's all of our stuff uh, that we have. And so yeah, this has been good. Scott, excellent job. Thank, Thank you. you so much. You did fantastic. You. And that was really fascinating, the Albert Johnson uh, story. So thank you so much, uh, those of you who joined us on Twitch, including an entire family. Hi, guys. <laughs> and uh, you guys are the best. And so, and thank you so much for listening. And you know, we are so excited about everything we have coming down the pike. And we're just so thrilled that you are going to be here along for the ride. Absolutely. So... All right, we will uh, be in your ears next week. So, bye! That wasn't at all creepy. Not at all. (laughs) I'm never creepy, Scott. (laughs) My sources for this week's episode are wikipedia.org. Thank you, Wikipedia. My God, where would I be without you? Murderpedia.org. CrimeRack.com, the bustiest of crimes. <laughs> NickelInTheMachine.com and Aram.org.eg. My sources for this week are it's finals week, and Scott is nice enough to do all the work so that I can grade all the papers. So thank you, Scott. You're the you're, best. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you.
blow my nose again here. Go ahead, take a pause. <sighs> I'm okay. <laughs> oh, just putting all my dirty Kleenex into my backpack. I'm gonna clean that out later. <laughs> Much appreciated. Absolutely. Tossing it. <laughs> <laughs> One by the Ouija board. Take that, Satan. <laughs> 